Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. Chrisanne Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show. We're on the road, and sometimes when that happens, we got to... Oops, sorry, there we go. <laughs> sometimes we got to wing it. And so that's kind of where we are today. And I want to thank you guys for joining us. We are uh, always happy to be here with you. JC, we've had a great time uh, with the people here in Utah. Can you tell us about yesterday's class a little bit? Mine? Yeah, yours. You're the one that taught yesterday. Uh, or well, well, last night, rather. I mean, it was yeah, just amazing. No, just, I mean, it, yeah, we've uh, shared it here before, the class on righteous resistance to tyrannical authority, the biblical foundations of uh, why we're to resist um, lawless government. The pe- we had, was a packed house. It was that a was packed good. house. It was absolutely a packed house. And I'm excited uh, for all the opportunities that that we've had here to, to teach the people in Utah. You know what, JC? We taught. I didn't... When I posted this on... Uh, social media the other day, I talked about the class that I taught at noon with the uh, high school and middle school students. And there were over, I, I had posted there were 75, but I found out later that we had over 100, mm-hmm. over 100 people under the age of 25. And I would say the majority of them under the age of 20. It was just, it was so great. I had I had a 10-year-old boy come up to me and say, I, I hate, I didn't want to come. I hate history. My daddy made me come. And he said, I'm so happy that I came. And I was a little 10-year-old boy, you know, can you imagine? And that's, you know, we, we, are, we are here to build up an educational foundation for the people. Now, we have a big lesson for you today. And uh, I promise that it is... It, it, this is one of those that you probably want to maybe watch again later with notepad and pencil because we're going to go into some constitutional discussions, some constitutional issues, and it's going to be uh, a little bit deeper than we're used to because we have a situation where there's a lot of people talking, JC, about uh because of COVID, we're not going to be able to count the mail-in ballots because of this, that, or the other. We're not going to be able to uh, have the election done in time. We won't be able to inaugurate the president on January 20th. And then there's a lot of talk about how Nancy Pelosi gets to be president of the United States. And the issue, JC, is just simply not as simple as everybody wants to make it and it and once again it's one of those situations where because we have deviated from the constitution because we have failed to listen to the warnings of our past we are going to head into a situation that we never had before you know what's what's interesting is that our founders actually talked about this. They talked about what happens if there's not a president. And you know, for the first time, one of the only times people here at Liberty First, on the Daily Journal and even our Liberty First University students, JC, for the first time, you guys are gonna hear me quote Joseph Story. Joseph Story. So what what I wanna do is just read to you the language of the Constitution that is relevant in today's discussion. And so we want to read first article or the the 12th Amendment of the Constitution, because the 12th Amendment of the Constitution dictates how the president of the United States is to be elected. And most people, do you think people know at this point that we are elected by electoral college and not by popular vote um that's hard to say that's hard to say i you know i think i mean there's so much debate about doing the 
elect, you know, get rid of the electoral college and establishing a national vote. Yeah. I, it, I thought maybe. It, it seems to me that, you know, even as you hear the discussion about the electoral college, including, you know, comments against it, but as people talk about it, it like maybe they know there's electoral college, but it still seems like the conversation reflects a belief that that uh, popular vote elects the president. So uh, even if they're aware, it's like there's not understanding. Mm-hmm. It's, and I, really, even in this discussion, it doesn't, you know, that we've heard going on from left or right, conservative or liberal, whatever. It's like, okay, hello, does anybody not remember that we don't elect the president <laughs> by popular vote? It's It's just... It's as if nobody knows. You know, do you think we need to sort of back up just 30 seconds and explain why we don't elect the president by popular vote? Yeah. I mean, some people, many people probably... It's a constant debate. Yeah, people don't realize that the president of the United States is not the representative of the people. That is not the purpose of the office of the president. The purpose of the office of the president is to be a representative of the states... Yeah. In foreign states affairs, interest. the foreign state's affairs. interests in foreign affairs. That's, by the way, why the president nominates cabinet members and the president nominates Supreme Court justices, right? Because it's the state's interest that is involved in the selection of the Supreme Court. It's the state's interest that's involved with the selection of cabinet members because cabinet members are part of the executive branch. Cabinet executive branch is the representative of the states. Uh, and the Supreme Court handles issues. When you read Article 3 and you understand how they're supposed to work, the Supreme Court handles those federal issues in which the states are the party. Mm-hmm. So the states must have some kind of representation in there. And the cho- the, the nominating of the Supreme Court justices comes through the president and then the appointment of the Supreme Court justices come through the Senate, which the Senate is also the representative of the states. So the House of Representatives is the representatives of the people and the Senate is the representatives of the state, which is really interesting when we get into this whole process of of what happens if the president hasn't been elected properly, what happens according to the Constitution, who who counts the electoral votes and all that kind of stuff, you're going to see it's the Senate because this is a, a Senate thing. You know, this is a state thing, not a House thing. And so it makes me think maybe that's why a populist, a, a, a president who, uh, you know, essentially used a populist message mm-hmm. maybe that's why it's so popular and 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 why you will hear a populist president talk the way a populist president talks uh-huh. as if you know it's the people and the people this and the people that and you know going against the state you know kind of railing against mm-hmm. states from time to time and you know it just kind of a strange confused um comments a lot of times and yeah. so even presidents for my goodness how many decades mm-hmm. now has no clue about mm-hmm. you don't actually represent you know the people as individuals in this country you mm-hmm. you're you're there to represent the interest of the states the one who created that federal government mm-hmm. that you work for i mm-hmm. mean it's just so it even gets into the the sort of language and expression of the voters and the politicians when mm-hmm. we don't comprehend uh, how the republic was constructed and right. how each element relates to every other element. Right, right. Well, so that's why I think, I mean, and I, maybe that gets complicated for people to understand, but I think that's why there's such a, you know, for us listening to it, listening mm-hmm. to the news and listening to the talking heads, to hear such confusion and such nonsensical statements is because because of that basic lack of understanding they right. do not understand how the republic is put together and how its parts relate to one another right right absolutely absolutely right so there's going to be there are actually 
uh, several sections of the Constitution that we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at the 12th Amendment, but we're also going to be looking at Article 2, Section 1, Clause 6, and we're going to look at the 20th Amendment, which brings us to the, the, the constitutional conundrum, right? Yeah. Because you have, once again, a portion of the Constitution that's actually conflicting with another portion of the Constitution, and conflicting then again with with the entire purpose for the for the design of how we go. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, what I said trickles down to state, local, you know, because I just thought mm-hmm. it, that's another reason why then the voters are always asking the president to do things or the federal government do things, Congress, whoever, asking him to do things they're not authorized to do. They don't understand the jurisdictions. They don't understand the separations. Right, and right, right. So it's like, wait a minute, that's that's something that goes on in your local government. Why are you asking the president to do that? That's something right, that goes on in your state. Right. Why are you asking the president to do that? Well, you remember massive, when, massive confusion. when Trump, when in the last presidential election, I actually took the presidential platforms of six presidential candidates. Yes, yes. And on this show, I broke down the platforms of six presidential candidates, you know, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Constitution Party, Green Party, and I don't know, Blue Party. There was a sixth one, I don't remember. I think maybe it was an independent or something. I went to each one of their websites where they talked about, this is my presidential platform. Mm -hmm. And I compared their platforms not to what we perceive the Constitution, the president to do, but actually the very delegated power of the Constitution. So does this platform match the Constitution? And not a single presidential candidate, not even the Constitution Party, not even Libertarian candidate was a constitutionally uh, based platform. Right. From top to bottom. From top to bottom. Because here's the thing. What is the purpose of a, of a presidential platform? The purpose of a presidential platform is to tell the people what they want to hear about the president they are going the person they're going to elect a president. Yeah. What do the people want to hear? The people want to hear is the president going to lower my taxes? Is the president going to give us better jobs? Is the president going to increase the welfare state? Is the president going to give us phones? Is he going to pay our mortgage? You know, and I was that's ju- <laughs> funny cuz I was just reading a book about Running for office and winning, and uh, you know, this is a guy who was who was who was a mayor and and different things, politician, campaign manager, that sort of thing. You know, smart guy. But he, but talking about practically how campaigns run, here's what you have to do to win. You know, it's not sort of you know constitutional look at at uh, here's how it's supposed to work. Although the, the guy understood that, mm-hmm. but it was here's how it does work. Here's what you should do, and the, and pretty much the thing was about winning, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he said, you know, have no more than five things in your platform, you know, short, whatever, this is mm-hmm. this is the thing. And he said, before you, you know, before you put anything out, um, consult with your political advisors, your campaign mm-hmm. advisors, uh, and, and then you need to know, you kind of get the pulse of the people. And it was really all about shaping your platform to what the people want to hear, what they want. Right. And it was funny, he said, and if you run into a case where the uh, person running for office, uh, his his view or his wish or whatever, uh, is contrary to what his advisors say, the candidate is always wrong. <laughs> right? So that and, and well, the it sense explains of, a lot. Because yeah, it doesn't. was about if you want to win. Right. Not, right. not what is right, mm-hmm. not what is constitutional. Right. But... If, in other words, if you if what you say runs counter to what the majority mm-hmm. consensus is, you need to drop your opinion and go with popular consensus. That that's yeah. So that's the that is uh, kind of the general advice of hey candidate, I'm your advisor. This is what you have to do to win. See that's, that's the focus. but 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 again, that's what you have to do to win and it, and it and that's not the way it's supposed to be and it has to have that foundation mm-hmm. of ignorance that yeah. you don't know what whatever your the, the candidate whatever reaction is not hey you you don't have the authority to do that it's you know it's just we're evaluating do I like that do I want would I want that free check for this would I do I want him uh, eruption so, uh, what I'm simply saying in, in the end the corruption that we see 
can't really be sustained unless we have such broad ignorance. Right, right. You know, I'm sort of fascinated, JC. Um, I'm looking at, at our Facebook feed now, and they're doing subtitles for us. Yeah. And and so um, just I just want to put that out there. We aren't creating these subtitles. So <laughs> it's, the AI. it's the AI creating these subtitles. I don't know if it has a problem with our accent, but it's got some mistakes in there. So that's not us creating this. So don't don't tell us about that. <laughs> and I just want to put this out there just because people have a problem and we always have new people coming in and yeah. I just want to say there's not been a single President of the United States, and I'll, I'll just be generous, since 1850 that has not. To 2020, uh, Donald Trump was actually elected in 2016. Uh, so, was that right? 2017? 20, 2016. 2016, that's four years. I got to do the math. Donald Trump has violated the, the Constitution either in things that he's done or in things that his administration. administration has done. There's not been a single president who has not done that. So, so, so it's not worse, a matter of... Some worse than others. Some there are, Yeah, obviously there's some presidents worse than others, but we, we're not going to be you had, guarding anybody like that. I think you had in Obama's first two years, you had a list of 10 reasons why he should be impeached. Yeah. And he'd already had 10 violations at least that you had mm -hmm. cataloged. Yeah, in the first in the first year <laughs> the and first... a half, 10 reasons why Barack Obama should have been impeached. Yeah. But here's, the, to be so fair, up quite a few. to be fair, you could do that with anybody. And mm -hmm. when Donald Trump was in the impeachment crisis, you know, I we talked about it on the show. I'm like, for Pete's sakes, if you're going to impeach him, impeach him for something legitimate, you know? Don't be doing this kind of stuff. This is just stupid. Which also made me believe that they didn't actually want to impeach him. Because then, you know. But what happens then is that if they were to really impeach a president based on constitutional standards, that would shine a spotlight on the fact that Congress does not operate constitutionally and the whole federal government is a mess. So they got to be careful where they shine the lights because then they don't want to reflect back well, on that's, them. Well, that's one, you know, one reason you understood that what was going on against Trump was political theater because, yeah. uh, you know, they, I don't think they really wanted it to stick Right per se, so they right. concocted this whole conspiracy, this whole Russia lunacy um, to do that. Right, because um, because it's not because it's not about the rule of law. My goodness, if it was about the rule of law, uh, you know, you wouldn't see what happened to Michael Flynn and and all the people in the Russia hoax that were egregious violations of due process. Right, what was going on in the FISA court? I mean, it's in actuality, I think the the whole impeachment show against Trump actually exposed how corrupt our government is from the <laughs> FBI yeah. to the courts. Yeah, to, no, mean, they, they did was, shine a pretty broad spotlight there. And so people incredible. got caught up in that. But the thing with Obama, here's the thing you have to consider under Obama who had, who actually had many, 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 many more impeachable <laughs> offenses than, than Donald Trump by a, Long shot. <laughs> he could have uh, probably found that in the first ten minutes of Hillary Clinton's administration. The um, <laughs> sorry. The uh, um, well, I was going to say, oh, under under his administration, you have to remember that uh, you know the media is controlled by that side. So Let me that's why you always see the Democrats will get away with murder. The Republicans kind of do it, you know, more on the low key because they don't control all, all the media. Well, and the media lets the Republicans get away with it when it supports the political process that both sides are in sure. agreement on, yeah, you know? Sure. They're in so agreement. If they're we all in agreement, we all want to violate the Constitution at the same time, and in the same way, we all want to expand our power and dupe the people and deceive yeah. the people, then we're all good with that. But it's we don't talk about that stuff. But, you know, it's interesting now. That's that shifted a bit, uh, really, since Obama. Since the media has gained... It seems like such a a lockdown on information. Uh, now it seems like they've learned that the people aren't even aware, right? If media doesn't report on it, they'll never know it happened on the other side. So the media acts like this has never happened before. Just like like the thing the other day, um, 
the DHS was uh, compiling a some kind of database and 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 spying on journalists, right? Mm-hmm. And the entire media complex is you know is is, is in a hissy fit. Yeah, because the department because, was spying on us. Because they have an understanding that the general public has no clue about how Obama literally arrested journalists yeah. and spied on journalists. So because of the media control, uh, a large portion of the population, they don't even know it's a double standard. Right. They never heard of the things Obama did. There are right. memes that go by all the time about how uh, s- scandal-free mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, lawsuit-free the Obama administration was, which is which is an absolute lie. There were right. many, many scandals, huge numbers of mm-hmm. constitutional violations. I mean, you think about people dying because of the gun-running thing, and, right? Right. And, you right. Know, them saying we can assassinate Americans anywhere on the planet if we if we just label them a threat sometime in the future. Just just many, many outrageous things. But because the media didn't re- was total blackout on these mm-hmm. things, then uh, the things that Trump even Leans in that direction. They think it's the first time. Well, it's and because if they didn't say, if you didn't see it on CNN or yeah. MSNBC, if you didn't right. see it on Fox, it didn't true. happen, true. right? And and so, but if I see it on Fox and I don't see it on CNN, then it's got to be fake news. If I see it on CNN and I don't see it on Fox, it's got to be fake news because people have yeah. become tribalistic. Well, Let and, me do and this. Now you add big social to the mix, and there's yeah. another means of control yeah. controlling the flow of information. Yeah. Speaking of big social controlling the flow of information. A uh, little housekeeping, make sure while you're in here, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that thumbs up. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. That's, oh, it's over by me today. Hit the subscribe, but subscribe button there on YouTube and share. Share, 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 share. You share, even if you don't want to hit us a thumbs up, go ahead and share it. When you share it, you override the algorithms. Do the same thing on Twitter, do the same thing on Facebook, and you will help us enormously. I watched our numbers climb a little bit faster on YouTube today. I thought for sure that maybe they would keep us down because the title of the show is How They'll Violate the Constitution to Make Nancy. Hello, hater. Uh, Listen up. We're going to be teaching the Constitution today, so you may just learn something. You ready to get into it? Go for it. It's deep now. Deep, deep, deep. All right. So what I want to do is start with, I suppose we can start with Article 2, Section 1, Clause 6. It says, in the case of the removal of the president from office or of his death. Now, removal from office would be Impeachment. impeachment, right? In case of impeachment or of his death, resignation, or inability to discharge the powers and duties of the said office, the same shall devolve on the vice president. And the Congress may by law provide for the case of removal, death, resignation, or inability. Okay? Uh, May by law provide for the case of removal, death, resignation, or inability, both of the president or the vice president declaring what officer shall then act as president and such officer shall act accordingly until the disability be removed or a president shall be elected. Right? So if the president goes into a coma, we need somebody to replace him. He comes out of the coma. He gets to be president again. So that's what that kind of means. Now, when they're debating on this, J.C., there's actually a discussion on this, and there's a discussion about who, first and foremost, who's going to be the officer, right? So when we were talking about this the other day, the idea that Nancy Pelosi could slide in and become president because of the problem would be a nonviolent coup, because what you have is a political party who's saying, oh, we can't count the votes, so the Speaker of the House, our political party leader, we're going to put them president, right? Mm -hmm. So Governor Morris objected to the president of the Senate being provisional successor to the president and suggested a designation of the Chief Justice, Mm -hmm. right? So Governor Morris says, we don't want, remember the Senate is the one that counts that, that does the, the vote counting and stuff. So the, we don't want the president of the Senate to be the successor of the president because you're dealing now with alternate parties and that sort of thing. We should have the chief justice 
because of the idea that the Supreme Court is nonpartisan, mm -hmm. right? James Madison responded, he said, by adding as a ground of the objection that the Senate, listen, this is amazing, because this is exactly the discussion that we had. So uh, the Senate might retard the appointment of a president in order to carry points whilst the revisionary power was, was in the president of their own body. Oh, they, so they might delay. They the might whole delay process. the whole process so just so their guy could, could keep be being president. Could keep being president. Wow. So that's kind of a parallel to what the argument that they're making that yeah. the, the speaker of the house gets to be president because of the, of the delay. delay. So you would really set up the same scenario that. Uh, then Madison objected to that, wait a minute, right. then they could keep delaying right. so that their person could keep being president. Right, exactly. Hmm. And that's the nonviolent coup. Now, the federal... So, in other words, they did not intend for there to be a scenario where someone could delay the vote process so that they could have their guy as president. Right, right. That's exactly right. And when... And we're going to see why... This doesn't fall, we're going to see why, I hope we're going to see why, I hope we're going to be able to see why this delay is manufactured and shouldn't even be happening. Yeah. It shouldn't be. So the problem is the, not the succession, the problem is there's, there's not supposed to be any sort of provision for a delay. Right, exactly, exactly. So, Federalist Farmer. Delay is not allowed. Well, simply. I would simply put it this way, delay is not necessary. Yeah. Right. Okay, so not allowed, There's, it should not happen, right? right? This is the discussion as they're having right. it to, you know, with that in mind of right. saying, okay, then we're going to build a system, a system that's, so delay's not That's impervious to the delay, delay. right. Can't do that. Which, just sort of foreshadowing, that's why the Electoral College elects the president, and, well, one of the reasons, and not relying on a popular vote. Which isn't that odd, because you're, I mean, at that point, at this point, you're talking about, uh, a time period of, you know, we got to travel across the country and yeah, yeah. horses, and, horses and, carriages and carriages and stuff. Yeah. That sort of thing. And now you have, there's no reason for right. a delay technologically right. or as far as infrastructure, that sort of thing. And, and here we are, oh my gosh, we're not going to be able to have a president on time. Yeah. So point number one, this is not something that was elected officers, the opportunity to choose and control the process at the same time, you we we can't say it's impossible. Richard Henry Lee was always about the human nature kind of guy. Right. He's like, look, these people you can't trust. People that was the whole anti-federalist thing. You know, you got the system set up, but you forget you're dealing with fallen man here, mm -hmm. and you're actually setting up a situation where, without any violent act, you're now going to have someone appointed for life as president. Because, uh, because of, of delays. Quote, neglects and delays. On the, On the part, part of, of Congress. Congress. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? Yeah. So Congress, you're given a deadline. Yes, you're given a deadline. And it says, uh, and, and this is Joseph's story, probably one of the only times you'll actually hear me quoting Joseph's story. Those of you who are long-time listeners know, well, yes, yeah, probably He says, no provision seems to be made, or at least directly made, for the case of the non-election of a president and vice president at the period prescribed by the Constitution. The case of vacancy by removal, death, or resignation is expressly provided for, but not of a vacancy by the expiration of the official term of office. A learned commentator, this is in 1833 he's writing this, a learned commentator has thought that such a case is not likely to happen until the people of the United States shall be weary of the Constitution and government. Mm. Because the Constitution establishes the mechanism for the president to be elected, and there's no reason for delay, other than to manufacture a delay because we no longer want to be subject to the Constitution. It's like you've been saying all along, JC, if these people would just be honest and say, we don't want to operate under the Constitution anymore. I mean, this is what we're dealing with. It's because they don't want to be bound by it. This is just another attack on the Constitution. Now, this is really, really important because you've got a lot of people freaking out. 
what if we don't have a president by selected by January 20th at noon and the world is on again to end? Listen to what Joseph's story says. And this is what I've been trying to tell people. He says, but no absolution, absolute dissolution of the government would constitutionally take place by such non-election. He said the only effect would be a suspension of the powers of the executive on the part of the government and incidentally uh, of the legislative powers until a new election to the presidency could take place at the next constitutional period uh, in, or the in our case, the vote would be counted. He says, he says it's an evil of very great magnitude, but not equal to a positive extinguishment of the Constitution. Well, the false appointment of a president outside the Electoral College, you're talking about the positive extinguishment of the Constitution. So here's the thing. If you don't have a vote count by January 20th, the world doesn't end. You just simply, oh, what a glorious day would this would be. Congress would not get any laws signed into action. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't shut down the government. There would just simply be no treaties negotiated. There would be no, um, no appointments made until the new president came in. There would be, uh, there'd be no government shutdown. There would be no tragedy. Yeah. Did you go over the term of office? Because that's probably a good point to make. I mean, the Constitution lays out, uh, lays out the term of office, right? Uh, what were we looking at? The 20, whatever, 22nd Amendment or what the have you? The 20th Amendment or yeah, the 12th Amendment? W- yeah, whatever it is. The, the term of office meaning four years? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's actually... By law, by statute. Is that right? N- no, that's Article 2 of the Constitution says right, that the right, president... Or, or no, it's the 12th Amendment, I think, yeah. So let me go ahead and just go forward to the 12th Amendment. The 12th Amendment describes how the president is to be elected. Mm-hmm. And it came in as the 12th Amendment because we kept having trouble with... Uh, ties, things that were not happening properly. And so they added the 12th Amendment to end the confusion. What if this person wins first, second, and third? That's sort of the other. So this is the clarification. The 12th Amendment says, the electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for president and vice president, one of whom at least shall not be the inhabitant of the same state with themselves. They shall name in their ballots the person voted for as president and in distinct distinct ballots the person voted for as vice president. They shall make distinct lists of all persons voted for as president and of all persons voted for as vice president and the number of votes for each which lists they shall sign and certify and transmit sealed to the seat of the government of the United States directed to the President of the Senate. Mm -hmm. The President of the Senate shall, in the presence of the Senate and the House of Representatives, open all the certificates and the votes shall then be counted. Okay? Mm -hmm. So not popular votes. Correct. Votes of the Electoral College. And this happens in December. This happens, yeah, we have a timeline. November. Yeah, we have a timeline. I actually have the timeline up here. So, um, let's see. Date for counting. The date for counting for electoral votes is fixed by law as January 6th following each presidential election. Okay? Uh, Unless the date is changed by law. So, for example, when January 6th, 2013 was to fall on a Sunday... The date was changed to January 4th, 2013, when the president signed House Resolution uh, 122 on December 28, 2012. So the votes are to be counted on July 6th. And it's not not the votes that you and I cast. No. The votes... Are, the, we, are we freezing? Are we continuing to freeze? The votes of the electors, right, the should say it this way because people hear electors and they think the ele- voters, the right. members, members of, of the, the electoral, electoral college. Mm-hmm. The members of the electoral college are the ones that 
cast the votes, right. and those are the ones that are that are uh, counted. So you're talking about a relatively small number of people. Mm-hmm. So, oh, COVID is here. We can't count millions and millions and millions of votes mm-hmm. in time. You're not count. There is no provision in the Constitution of the Electoral College. Right. So because of COVID and having to count all these votes, it's, it's completely mm-hmm. an utter fantasy. Right. That, that is not the constitutional process whereby we gain a president. Now, remember, the whole thing was we have to establish by law the deadline. The deadline is established by law. The electors of each state meet at the place designated by that state on the first Monday after the second Wednesday in December Mm -hmm. to cast their vote for president and vice president of the United States. So that's a... That's the huge thing right? yes. that yes. people don't get. That people don't we, get. The, the president, uh, the, the vote. is, But they have to have their the electors, not those people who are voting, not the popular vote. The electors meet and they cast their vote on the first Monday after the second Wednesday in December. Right. Because, again, this goes back to what you said at the beginning. The president is a representative of the states. Okay, so the states choose members of the Electoral College and the members of Electoral College choose the president. Right. Okay, so then people are shocked. What, we don't vote for the president, popular vote? No, no, No. you don't. You don't. You don't. It's really just sort of traditional an advisory yeah, that, the, that to... the electors go with whatever the results are in the state. Right. But there is, in fact, no provision that they have to. No. There is no provision that they have to because the president is not a representative of the people as a populace. Right. He is not. But it's this is the problem. It's like people don't get it. Like that, they, these things don't go together because... Wait a minute, what? Because we have all of this charade and distortion of how our republic actually works has been going on for Mm -hmm. over a century now, and people have been trained to believe something that's not so. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we're able to trot out these things of, oh, we we won't be able to get the vote in on time because we can't count it. Why? What? Wait, what are you talking about? What's going to happen to the members of the Electoral College? Let's why, why be very they, clear. Why can't they do it? Okay, let's be very clear. I'm, I'm trying to show you why by constitution, why by statute, why by history, why by even the intent of those who wrote the constitution, there is no excuse for a delay created by Congress. Is a delay created by Congress to create a nonviolent coup? Right. That is the only reason. This is if if there is a delay, if if Congress declares that there is a delay because we cannot count the popular vote, then it's by design. Then it's by design, and it is a nonviolent coup that our founders identified when they were writing the stinking Constitution. So the so the conversation, I think they're freezing us again. The conversation that you hear going on now in the media, the seeds being planted to get ready for this delay uh, is something the founders already had a discussion about. Yes, yes. So remember, the first Wednesday, the, the first Wednesday after the first Monday, or the first Monday, I, I, anyway. So we already know that the electors have to meet. Now listen to this. The electoral... December. The December, right. The electoral votes is the counting, and this is the statute. The counting of the electoral votes is fixed by law. Fixed by law. The only way they can change the counting of the electoral college votes is to change the law. That's the only way. If they don't change the law, they're breaking the law. All right? Now, listen to this. By law. If no certificates of votes, right? So remember the 12th Amendment says that the Elector College casts their votes, then the the states have to send the certificate of the vote 
to the Senate president. Mm -hmm. That's how this works. If no certificates of votes received by the states or lists have been received by the president <laughs> of the Senate. That's funny, Wing. The article online that totally disputes this. <laughs> yeah. Wing, All right. love you, but no, an so, article is not the rule of law. So, somebody, Some article somebody wrote. This is the Constitution that we're reading. Let us walk through this now, because this is, like I already told you, this is not as simple as they're trying to tell you, okay? I'm going to show you. We're going to walk all the way through this. So don't, when, you're, when your confirmation bias gets right. all in a frizzle, right. then your brain gets <laughs> like that static uh, and you don't, you don't hear what we're saying. So set aside the articles and set aside the stuff. Just sit and listen and take notes. Or go read the Constitution. Okay, so this is the law. Now, ready? If no certificates of votes or lists have been received by the President of the Senate or the archivist from the electors by the fourth Wednesday in December, okay? So the certificates have to be received from the states by the fourth Wednesday in December. Then the President of the Senate is directed by law to request the state Secretary of State to immediately forward the requests. Yeah, yeah right? I, I see it now, Wing. So, yeah, when you find that article, burn it. Burn it. Send, send the author a nasty email. All right. So, look, now, <laughs> now let me show you, right? Because we've already told you, I, I, just backing up, we read to you how our founders said the delay created by Congress is a nonviolent coup. It should never happen. The Federalist Farmer said you need to set a deadline, so we did. We set deadlines by law to keep the, the coup from happening. Mm -hmm. I'm reading to you the deadlines by law. Now listen to this precedent that I found, JC. This is amazing. What happens, okay, so the, the law says that the uh, states have to send the vote of the electors by the fourth Wednesday in November. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, then the, the Senate president demands that the state secretary immediately for the certificates, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, let's be clear. They're not asking for the popular vote numbers. Correct. They're asking for the votes of the Electoral College. What happens if a state misses the deadline? What, does, what happens? Which is the argument that they're yeah. making. Okay. Right? Well, That's the core of the argument. It's going to be delayed because of X, Y, Z. Then, by precedent, they don't get counted because that's the deadline. Mm -hmm. That's the deadline. The deadline doesn't change. It does not change if the states don't submit their electoral college vote, which, by the way, there is no excuse for them not to submit the electoral college vote because the electoral college vote is not bound by the popular vote. How can they get an electoral vote without all the votes? Okay, because the elect let's repeat okay the general the the popular vote does not elect the president there is no provision in the constitution for a popular vote to elect the president let me say that again the supreme law of the land which defines the terms of the presidential election gives no provision for a popular vote to elect a president. Now, in full disclosure, it gives the states the authority to determine how the electoral colleges get their votes. Right. So the state can determine that the electoral college can rely on a popular vote. But that does That's, not that doesn't the, negate. That gate the deadline for them to provide the electoral college. Now, look at how this works. In 1865... Only two of the three Nevada electors cast their votes. Yeah. So we missed one of the three electoral college votes. In the joint session, then, only two Nevada votes were counted and included in the whole number of electoral votes. Uh, similar instances of votes not given by electors, not being included in the whole number of votes of electors is reported. So what happens is the Electoral College elects the president based on the majority of the votes counted, mm -hmm. okay? If they don't submit their vote, their vote is not counted, which reduces the majority number. 
So you build a majority based on the number of votes that you have. We already have a situation, and we've had situations, where not all electors in the states have cast their vote. That's and right. when that happened, we, the president of the Senate said, okay, you didn't cast your vote. We don't count you. We, we elect the president from the votes that we have. Right. In so, so in other words, in those cases where the, the and it's at the state level, so the states, right, where the states have said, we're going to base our elector, right, what our uh, what the members of our electoral college do, we're going to base that on the results we get from the popular vote, and then they say, we didn't get it, we didn't get it on time, okay, too bad, you missed out. You missed out. So there's there's no provision for a state saying, well, our, our elector, the, the results of our electoral college vote is going to be based on the popular vote contract works so that one state can't slow down the selection exactly. of, of the representative so you can't have california's you know uh saying well we, we didn't get our vote into you know okay let's let's say california wants a more radical president than biden right or whatever so they're so they're saying we're just we're not going to put it in because we're not going to give it to biden uh we we want trump in because trump's going to tick people off even more mm -hmm. and encourage more radicalism. So we mm -hmm. want to move it more to the left. So we're going to sabotage it by, by making sure uh, Trump gets reelected, right? Just say that's just, that's the case. And so therefore we're not going to send in our votes. Sorry. Then you just don't get counted as far as figuring out who's who. Right. You, your votes just don't get included. They don't get included. And that is not radical. That is actually by precedent. Uh, in 1873, when the vice president announced that Ulysses S. Grant had received a majority of the whole number of electoral votes, even though he also indicated that not all of those electoral votes had been counted, in that case, the two houses, under procedures similar, uh, uh, had decided not to count the electoral votes from Arkansas and Louisiana. Mm -hmm. They didn't. They didn't even count the votes for the entire states of Arkansas and Louisiana. So we have a precedent. Certificate of vote can be rejected by the House and the Senate. So if a certificate of vote is is, is uh, not made in accordance to the law, then, uh, then the House and the Senate can vote to eliminate that certificate, which does what they did in 1873 when they didn't count Arkansas and Louisiana. And it's happened in 1864, yep. 1872, yep. 1809, 1813, Everything you've heard on this show will be classified as absolutely radical and absurd and misinterpretation. And Chris Ann doesn't know what she's talking about. We've read to you the Constitution and federal law and what's happened and by the in, way, historically in these situations. The historical references that I'm giving you are coming from the Congressional Research Service. Mm -hmm. It is a Congressional Research Summary. I didn't even, I didn't, this is the history. Right. So the, I'm not even making this up. This is an official government doc. So that's, an, there's another point. If, and they're buffering us again, I think. Uh, so I think you can make another point there since this is their record. It's, it's what they have on his history mm -hmm. in Congress. Mm -hmm. If they start doing something opposite, right? right? If Congress now decides it, it has to be some something different than what their own historical record reflects, what the own, their own congressional record reflects. Then you'll know it's by design, right? Because we, like I, we've already established by law, there is a deadline. Okay, there's a deadline. The states have to meet the deadline. Mm -hmm. If the states can just say, "Oh, I'm sorry, we're not going to meet the deadline," everybody else has to wait. What exactly is the incentive of a state who doesn't like who the obvious selection of the president is going to be to just simply say, oh, we have a delay, we can't do this, yep. so you can't elect your president? So if you if they change, and you change the precedent, and mm -hmm. they establish this, oh, there's a delay, we can't do anything, it's going to happen from 
now until the cows come home. Yeah. And which yeah. will be another uh, a, another point to destroy the electoral system of yes. saying, see, it doesn't work. We need something see, else. And that's exactly right, JC. And I'm glad you put that out. The whole purpose, I believe, of the COVID excuse for the delay, floating the delay, and creating a problem because of the delay is another reason to destroy the electoral college. Yeah. Which much bigger the than electoral Trump. This is much college. Bigger. This is much bigger than Trump yeah. and Biden. It's yeah. it's it's a it's a, an assault on the entire electoral process to try to set a precedent to throw it out. Yes. To you know do yeah. to insert whatever it is that they want to insert in place of another piece of our republic. Well, the Electoral College is the only equitable way to choose a president. Mm -hmm. Popular vote is not equitable. The Electoral College is the only equitable way, and I could give you a quote after quote after quote of our founders actually saying that. And I mean, even people that we would classify as, as anti-federalists were like, hey, you know, this process is probably the best I've ever seen. We're not going to get anything better than this. Mm -hmm. So I want to just repeat Number one, there's no reason for a delay because popular vote is not how we elect the president. There is no reason for the delay because we have a set deadline. The delay does not have to happen because the electors can choose a candidate. And the delay does not have to happen because if for some reason the electors can't choose, then we can go forward without those electors and choose a president and be within the boundaries of the Constitution, within the boundaries of the law, within the boundaries of precedent. So the whole argument now, JC, is shifted. They've completely thrown out over 150 years of precedent, the entire discussion during the Constitution, the entire establishment of federal law to establish these hardline deadlines, and the whole reason we have the hardline deadlines, and they jump straight to the 20th Amendment, which says that if at the fixed time for the beginning of the term of the president, the president-elect shall have died, the vice president-elect of shall become president. If a president shall not, and this is the 20th Amendment, if the president shall not have been chosen before the time fixed for the beginning of his term, or if the president-elect shall have failed to qualify, then the vice president-elect shall act as president until a president shall have qualified. And the Congress may by law provide for the case wherein neither a president-elect nor a vice president-elect shall be have qualified, declaring who shall then act as president or a manner in which one who is to act shall be selected, and such person shall act accordingly until a president or vice president shall have qualified. Now, this brings up the second point. We talked about the 12th Amendment, JC. We have operated unconstitutionally with our presidential elections since 1850. Why? Because our presidential elections require separate ballots for the president and the vice president. This whole running mate thing. And another reason why we are in this situation that we're in right now is because we do not follow the Constitution in electing president and vice president by separate ballots. It seems to me that even the 20th Amendment, whoever ratified that garbage, yeah. uh, actually went against... Yeah went against the Constitution, went against the ratification debates, went against history, and contra and, and somewhat contradicts the setting yeah. of deadlines. Yeah, absolutely. They did, actually. Um, but it, that's, that's because the 20th Amendment happened so much later, right? Mm -hmm. So you have the 20th Amendment uh, in, obviously, after 1833, uh, when the coup to overturn the Constitution of the United States... Um, kick kick started to kick in the gear. So the 20th Amendment was passed in 1933, a mm -hmm. hundred years after we started teaching the wrong things about the Constitution. Yeah. 20 years after 1913, when we really jumped the rails. So that's the loophole they're trying to hinge it on, which seems, which seems to insert the notion of delay Mm -hmm. which our founders said, no way. And the whole system is set up to say, say no, no way. way. The yeah. delay is not, a, not a justification. 
Right. The whole point is, not only is delay not a justification, the system is set up that there should never have to be a delay. So California can't get their crap together and 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 issue their electoral college votes. So you don't count their electoral college votes. And like we said in in, in before, this is not radical. This is precedent. This hap- This is ha- how many years was that, JC? You have 1865, 1809, 1813, 1817, uh, 1863, and so that's that's how this is supposed to work. And the idea, again, I just I feel like I feel like I need to read the the warnings of the the founders one more time, JC. It's very clear it it it's very clear that there's an attempt to set up a constitutional crisis. I yes. mean, they they've they've floated out that phrase so many so many times, constitutional crisis, constitutional crisis, which I mean, the way the government operates every day is a constitutional crisis. But that's, I think, that seems like that's what they're angling for. Well, that's the Hegelian dialectic, right? You set up the the constitutional crisis so that we can create the the solution. solution. And the solution, as Joseph Story warned in 1833, is what he called, in his own words, a positive extinguishment of the Constitution. It seems if you read the whole context he's actually advocating for that neglects and delays on the part of congress understand this because people are like here's here's going to be the argument chris chris ann is is asking for the states that can't submit their electoral college votes to be ignored in the presidential election chris ann wants the state's votes to be ignored excuse me think about what you're saying i'm telling you how to get the states as a whole to elect and select a president to represent them. The alternative being offered is you select no one, the Democrat Party selects Nancy Pelosi for you. Tell me where the greater disenfranchisement is in there. Democrats, because Nancy Pelosi, they've chosen her to be the Speaker of the House, right? So the Democrats choose the president because we're not going to follow procedure and precedent. Or we tell the states, you get your stuff together, you got your votes in, so you get your vote, and if you don't meet your deadline, you're done. Well, and remember, then, then this will set up a precedent. This will set up a precedent where in every election hereafter, uh, there's a delay. The states that lean toward that particular party can delay, you know, so that their person, their. Whatever, whatever the opposition, whatever whatever opposition party there is, their states can delay so that their guy in the house can be president. Yeah, yeah. That's the precedent. Now, here's the other thing that that you have to. You talk about, you know, oh, we don't get. It doesn't matter the popular vote. It sure won't matter then. So here's the here's the here's the other thing. The big pink elephant in the room that nobody's talking about. Nancy Pelosi, uh, under uh, the 20th Amendment, even when we ignore everything and we go by what the politicians and the pundits and the media want us to do, Nancy Pelosi fills, fills in as president for how long? How, what's the deadline? We have a deadline for the Electoral College votes. Yeah. We have a deadline to count. What's the deadline on the delay? How long does she get to stay? How long can you string along a crisis in order for her to stay in office. Yeah, and what is the incentive now? And what is the for incentive? those states to move? Yes, no incentive. You think California is, is going to ins- be in a hurry to turn in their electoral reserves uh, results? When Nancy Pelosi, you know, why, why should they do a anything? Californian, right, is now acting as president. What exactly? Since Biden's is, not radical yeah, enough, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So what exactly <laughs> is the job of Nancy Pelosi as acting as president? What are the limits of her authority? Because she already thinks she's equal to the president anyway. So I'm just saying, we either follow the Constitution, we either follow the precedent of the deadlines, and we elect a president based on the Electoral College, or we admit that we are in the middle of a a political coup, 
and deal with it like that. Because that's the only, 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 op the only answer to the question here. We either follow the Constitution or we admit we are in a political... Right. Right. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. I hope that we've sort of boiled this down into a, a good teaching lesson for you. Um, and frankly, gonna what's going to be Nancy Pelosi's motivation to leave presidents? Right. You know? And then if, yeah, so this is a bad thing. Bad, 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 bad thing if we don't follow. And what's crazy, JC, I read you. The quotes of the founders when they when they were debating on the Constitution, warning about this happening. Mm -hmm. Warning, once again, telling us, oh, but you know, we can't possibly know what they meant when they wrote the Constitution. All right. God bless you guys. Thank you for being with us today. We will see you. Uh, today's Friday. We'll 